Now back to the Sunday show with LaMoya Burks. Brought to you by State Farm agent Derek McGarry on 104.7 KTOI. Okay, thanks again for, for staying with us. We, we always want to let you know that we appreciate you for staying with us. And we also appreciate Derek McGarry for being our sponsor. We don't want to forget that now. When we left before the break, we were talking about uh, the theory that's uh, critical race theory that seems to be a stir in the country and we had a caller who called us who asked about some uh, our personal views and what have you so uh, I'll, I'll ask uh, Miss Rice Joanne uh, because she's in the educational system and to share her opinions and thoughts and facts about that. Well I think the first thing that we need to realize is that critical race theory is not taught in pre-k through 12. That's, that's the first thing we need to know. Sure. Um, I'm not exactly sure where uh, some people got their thought process on uh, saying that we can't teach it. We weren't teaching it to begin with. Uh, critical race theory was taught in and probably will continue to be taught in law school and in college. And so let's let's make sure that we understand where it's being taught sure. so that we won't be voting for people to say we're not going to teach it in pre-K because it wasn't taught in pre-K 6th, 7th, 8th, or 12th grade. That's the first thing. The other thing that critical race theory does speak of is counter storytelling, sort of like what we hear now when people are telling us that we can't teach critical race theory when we weren't teaching it in the first place. Uh, that's the one thing that we need to talk about. Uh, the other thing is that critical race theory, of course, is for the people who are going to law school to think about putting themselves in the places of other minorities and how they are being treated. Mm -hmm. That's what critical race theory is about. As one is attending law school and one may not be African-American or Hispanic or Asian-American, for them to put themselves in that other person's place and to think about the law and how the law has treated those individuals. Let's take, for instance, stop and frisk, which is something that has been taught in law school, not in kindergarten, not in the 12th grade. That's something that is taught people who want to be attorneys. So let's think about that. When you think about stop and frisk, we all know it's for black and brown people. Uh, so then this is a time when people who are going into the law need to think about how they will either counter that or what's a good way to stop that, putting yourself in someone else's place. So critical race theory, as the Republicans are calling it, is a counter storytelling. Mm -hmm. So they want to tell the story the way they want to tell the story. To our children. And as our panelists have spoken, we need to all be responsible for our own story. Because if we don't tell it, then we give that power to someone else. I, too, am a uh, member of the society that remembers when there were black and white water fountains. I also remember going on bus trips and us having to find a gas station that actually had a colored restroom because we couldn't go to any other. I remember 
getting in uh, wondering myself as a young person what was the water cooler over there at the white water fountain mm-hmm. uh was the water cleaner why is it that that's there and i can't go to the other one isn't sure. water water so those are things that the republicans look to do they look to counter story tell sure. they look to tell our children and now let's talk about pre-K through 12 because that's where they're focusing, but that's not where counter-race theory is being taught. Let's think about that. Do they want to say that there was no such thing as the Ku Klux Klan? Well, that's in the history book. Mm-hmm. And so do they want to take that out? Do they want to also take out the fact that there were people brought to the United States for slavery? Do they want to take that out? Do they want to take out the part that says that during the time of Jim Crow that we were not allowed to vote? Or do, do they want to take out the time where we were not allowed to vote, sure. where we had to uh, pay poll tax if we wanted to vote? In going through my father's possessions, I found his poll tax receipts. I think he was very proud of the fact that he could pay that and get to vote. Do we want to go into that? Those are the things that we need to really think about. How is our story being told? And if we don't tell it ourselves, then someone else will block us completely out. And aren't we blocked completely out already? So there's probably some more stuff that can be taken out. Those are the things that critical race theory chooses to do. And those are the things, again, that the people we have elected for our own good that they don't want us in the history books. They don't want anything in the history book that might make them look bad. But hey, history is history. The only thing we can do is try not to repeat it. And if we don't know it, we will repeat it. So we want to make sure that all children know history, not history that's whitewashed, but history so that we won't repeat it. Sure. Well, the answer to the Republicans is yes, they want to use the same old playbook. See, they want to use the same playbook they used in the election of of 16 and 20, and that is racial fear. You know, they looked up and they saw that they had a black president, and somebody said to Trump, hey, you know, this is really disturbing to whites. So let's use that. And so they went uh, over to racial fear, and whatever the case may be, and a lot of the people out there now who are Republicans or supporters, uh, you know, they have been brainwashed to the fact that you got to get them because these brown people and these black people are taking over. Uh, unfortunately for us, uh, Joanne, what you said about what they don't want to show is exactly true. Those people who have written American history books were heavily scrutinized in terms of what they put in there. And American history books were written to show whites as heroes and patriots. Okay, and so and to do that, they left out the negatives. You know, they didn't want to show the negatives. And so <clears throat> my understanding of critical race theory comes from the 1619 Project, a, a document that was written called the 1619 Project. And as you know, the date of 1619 has three major factors. First, it was the first time a representative government was actually appeared in, in the House of Burgess in Virginia. It was the also represent the date that when women were brought to the colonies, and it also represents the date when your first blacks were brought. 
So it just, it stands to reason that you would want to write if you're going to write about blacks, you're going to start at 1619 and come up. And what critical race theory does? It just tells the tr- that, that the truth as, as it occurred. You know, it doesn't show the Indians going into a white family's uh, house, uh, killing the, the, the lady, setting the house afire, and, and leaving. It also shows that whites went into an Indian village and set the teepees on fire, raped the Indian women, and what have you. But see, this is the kind of things that our American history leaves out because it shows whites uh, being patriots. It does not say... And they don't want to deal with the fact that whites took the land in the South, which they became wealthy on uh, with King Cotton, from the Indians. And told the Indians, we're going to send you to a place that you're going to really like now. You know, you know, we're going to send you to Indian Territory. They knew that Indian Territory was in that Oklahoma full of rocks uh, and, uh, appropriate for agriculture and whatever the case may be. And so they sent the Indians out to die. You know, we're going to send you there to die. But then God stepped in and and let all be shown. All showed up in Oklahoma. And they said, well, now, wait a minute now. We sent them there to die. But now it looks like they, and, and as a result, somewhere around 1906, the whites decided that, hey, we, we're just going to make a state out of Oklahoma. And we're going to send whites in, call them Sooners. And as a result, and they took that back. So uh, critical race theory, in my opinion, is just a factual history, given the pros and the cons and the pluses and the minuses and the positives and the negatives. And that's what the Republicans don't want to. They, they, they want a history that patronizes them, that makes them look good. You can bet they're not going to have... Uh, uh, January the 6th in the history that, 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 that won't show not in the Republican history book now the young lady who asked about evolution I, 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 you know I'm not a reader in depth but I just kind of scanned it and I didn't see anything in there about a spiritual evolution I did see where they talked about the racial movement in this country move with an evolutionary approach and what that means it means instead of being revolutionary and changing all at once it was evolutionary and changed uh, over periods of times. Now, again, I may have missed that situation, and I'll tell you, ma'am, what I said to my students when I taught. They would come and say, Miss Nelson, uh, now, what, what do you believe uh, about the uh, origin of the earth? And I'd say to them that there are two stories out there. I wasn't there in either one of them. You know, I wasn't there uh, in, 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 the, in, in the scriptural version, nor was I there in the scientific version. And I'd say to them, you go home and you and your parents, y'all talk about it. And whichever one you and your parents believe, that's fine. My personal opinion, I believe in the spiritual version. I'm not saying that's for everybody. The scientific version is for some people. But again, as I said, I, I, I don't know I wasn't there. Now, some of the people may have been there. In the meantime, we, we, uh, we've talked about the critical race theory, and I hope we sort of cleared up uh, and kind of defined and identified what the critical race theory gets in. It could be much more than what we talked about, but I think we get on the basis. We're going to go to our last break. Uh, we certainly want to get our breaks in because these are the people that pay our bills, and after that we're going to come back. We're going to talk about some money that's given to some of the HBCUs. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
We'll be right back with more of The Sunday Show with LaMoya Burks. Brought to you by State Farm agent Derek McGarry on 104.7 KTOY. I'd like to ask you a question. When was the last time you heard from your insurance agent? Have you sat down with your policy coverage, premiums, and make necessary changes? Your life changes over time. So should your insurance. This is your local State Farm agent, Derek McGarry, and I would love to be your good neighbor. Please visit us on Kings Highway in Wake Village next to Anytime Fitness or call us at 903-831-2000. It's been tough talking to my doctor about constipation with belly pain, discomfort, and bloating. I finally laid all my symptoms out there and how they keep coming back. She said I may have irritable bowel syndrome with constipation or IBS-C. We agreed it's time to try something different. Linzess or linaclotide is a prescription medicine that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives. It lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements and helps relieve overall abdominal symptoms, belly pain, discomfort, and bloating. These symptoms were studied in combination, not individually. Do not give Linzess to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and Call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. There could be more to your story with IBSC. Visit a doctor in person or online. Say yes to Linzess. Learn more at linzess.com or call 1 800 L I N Z E S S. Sponsored by Abby and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. You could win $100,000 this summer from Jammin' 104.7 KTOY. Crack the code on the Jammin' 104.7 vault during the live broadcast through the summer and win $100,000. Buy a house. Buy a new car. Take the vacation of a lifetime. Do Do all all three. Crack the code and win this summer from the station that has a cool $100K for your bank account. Jammin' 104.7 KTOY. Now back to the Sunday show with LaMoya Burks. Brought to you by State Farm agent Derek McGarry on 104.7 KTOY. Okay, I'd like to thank you and and, and welcome you back to, to the show. And, and uh, we had a caller, and let me say to the listeners uh, that we welcome you. If, if you'd like to call in and join uh, our conversation, and our number is 903-794-1047. Call us, and we'll hear you out and, and let you know that we really appreciate uh, your comments. Um, it was written and it is known that Denzel Washington uh, has committed to give, I believe it's $1 million to Wiley College in Marshall, Texas uh, for the purpose of supporting the debate team. Now, some of you may not, may remember that there is a movie uh, in which he starred in and called The Great Debaters, okay? And, and, and that's not just a movie. That happened at Wiley. Uh, and so he's given a uh, million dollars, and I think he's given $100,000 per year. Um, and so let's talk about that a little bit. I think, Jesse, you went to Wiley, did you not? Yes, I did. Yeah, okay, so let's start with you. Uh, what, what does that say about other HBCUs and other people that have money, okay? You know, I think that... Um, it's important for all of us to be able to support HBCUs. Okay. Um, the money that Denzel is giving to Wiley is not the first time that he's given. It's to renew the the um, pledge of $1 million. Yes. 
because uh, I think the first one, uh, I think it was like 2007, I think it was, or somewhere, he committed money. So sure. he's committing uh, some more money to that. Yeah. But, you know, we, we look at that, and people will look at that, and, I, and I'm pretty sure the same with Denzel Washington only giving $1 million over a period of years, and whatever, as if, well, Denzel owed more than that. You sure. know, so my, my, my thing is this. All of us who have attended it, if you haven't even attended an HBCU, uh, send them twenty dollars. Sure. S- send them five dollars. Send them something. You know. So it, it's a matter of keeping the HBCUs going because I guarantee you that they are a very important part of our history and they're very important of our future. Sure. Important part of our future. So uh, whatever contribution you can give, give. But I think that every graduate from an HBCU should give back to that institution. Sure. I'm not saying you got to give a million. I'm not saying you got to give uh, the two million, but give what you can what back. You can. And if sure. everyone did that, then HBCUs would be further down the road to help other black students who are uh, minority students go go there mm-hmm. and get a quality education because all of our leaders of the past, 90% of our leaders from the past, 95% of our leaders from the past, and educators from the past all attended Sure. HBCUs because yes. we could not go to other universities, yeah. and that was our way out. Yeah. And so education was our way out back then, and I see it now. Education is our way out today. Okay. Yeah. It looks like we have another caller on the line. Caller, thank you for calling in. Go ahead. You are listening to the Sunday show, but now you are on the air. Yeah, this is the Face Me River calling. Okay. The land of milk and honey. All right. <laughs> I, I like your cousin. <laughs> well, I'm high grade. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I'd like to comment on the uh, statement that was made earlier about uh, our kids ain't scaring nobody. Okay. You know, some some of the uh, Arkansas school system is scared of this or scared of that. Okay. But uh, it's the parents' fault to read our kids ain't scaring nobody. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Over here, I'll try to call you tomorrow about 10 o'clock. We'll take care of Roger Allison then. Yeah, okay, that'd be fine. I, I hope the parents don't see you out there, boy. They're going to be after you. But in the meantime, uh, hook up with me tomorrow, and thanks for calling in, okay? Okay. Okay. Uh, this thing on uh, um, uh, giving back is is, is, is very critical. Uh, I, I know, what was it, a couple of years ago, this guy Robert Smith, house and after he spoke at Morehouse he says I'm going to give you a gift and he paid for all of the kids student loans that the case may be the same thing has happened at Clark which is in Atlanta Coppin State which is in Maryland South Carolina State did the very same thing Delaware State did the same thing and then I was looking at the guy at Wilberforce University uh, when they had the uh, commencement program, what they did, that Wilberforce had a commencement program, and they brought not only the class of 21 back, but they brought back the class of 20 back. And as a result, uh, at the end of the program, he said to them, I have gone in and calculated the debts that, that you owe to the college, and together you all owe $375,000 to Wilberforce University. As of right now, I'm striking that out. So, you know, and you're right about Denzel. Denzel has not only given to Wiley, but he and his wife have given to to others, and so has Bill Cosby. There are any number of them. But in the meantime, Mark, uh, chime in on that and tell us a little bit about what you think. Well, you know, as a... um an alumnus of uh, HBCU, I think it's real important that um, that 
you know, giving back to the university is important. Sure. So, you know, and again, uh, everybody's a test to Denzel hasn't just done this just for Wiley, and he has done it for Wiley. He has done it for several others. So, you know, it, to keep the HBCUs viable, they got to have money too. Sure. Okay. You know, everybody's more than willing to give money to Harvard and Yale and 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 Stanford and and all these other universities, but these HBCUs that make the groundwork for a lot of smart, intelligent African Americans, both male and female, they gotta have that same type of uh, zest and zeal from uh from our membership, uh, you know, from from people uh, like us to keep those viable. Sure. So, listen, I I commend uh, Mr. Washington for. Uh, stepping out there again and, and making that donation. Um, and I would encourage that any person um, that can and will make donation to HBC, you don't necessarily have to make it to any particular one, but, you know, as Mr. Keaton say, $5 will help. Sure. So just any any time that you can make a donation to HBCU, you're just making them that, you know, you put them that much more viable. So sure. it's important that we do that. So commend uh, Mr. Washington for doing it. And uh, I hope that he continues to do that uh, with his fabulous career that he has going on and encourage uh, all everybody else out here that um, if you uh, if you, you know, you want to continue to see because those are where the greatest opportunities are for African-Americans sure. at HBCUs. Yeah. And so if you want to continue, make 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 a contribution. Sure. Sure. I'm going to make this statement because we don't have um that much time left but many whites who go to certain law schools Harvard Yale whatever the case may be when they graduate each year they send money back you know what they're doing they're laying the groundwork for their kids because when their kids apply to those schools sure they look at that transcript but they also look at those dollars and cents that their parents have been sending and don't you think they don't consider that you know and so as a result you know we may need to get into some things like that and I agree with Mark we do need to give back because it gave to us alright Jim we're going to go over with you and we're going to Shut it down after you uh, made some comments. Well, I first uh, commend Mr. Washington for his uh, many donations and for this donation to uh, Wiley, which is right down the street from us. If you think about it, 70 miles away. Okay. Um, and uh, the fact that his donation will help other African-Americans to attend Wiley College right down the street from us and uh, receive scholarships. Again, I agree with everyone that we need to remember uh, about our HBCUs, many prominent people and many everyday people and many people making a living for themselves attended an HBCU. And if we all sent money back to the one that we attended, or even if we didn't attend one, but we would like to have attended one, if we choose one and send money to that school, that will help other young people to uh, get an education. And as we all know, it's still true that education is the key to success. There are a lot of people nowadays who try to say it's not, uh, but uh, education is the key to our success, and it always will be, and that's something that we all need to remember. Sure. We, we've talked about HBCUs, and I think we, for those 
who may not know because we're in a state of a uh, of acronyms. Everybody, they even use acronyms to, to identify people. You know, my name is ID. Hey, ID, whatever the case may be. And so hist- uh, HBCU stands for Historically Black Colleges and Universities. And that's where the HBCU comes from. Had a great time this morning uh, talking uh, about a lot of different things. Uh, I had on the list to talk about Simone Biles, but we won't. We don't have time to get into that because she's getting a lot of negative criticism for doing what she has a right to do. Okay, <coughs> uh, when it gets to the point that you're in gymnastics and you're turning tw- flips and twists and whatever you, and you forget what your next movement is. That's what she says. She says, "I forgot. I skipped a movement because I forgot." You can't afford to forget when you're up there in that air. Okay, and so when she reached that point. She realized that she was in danger. She was endangering herself, and as a result, uh, that she better step aside. And and I don't blame her because the society in in America all the time, they don't worry about you. They just want you to do for them. And as a result, and whenever something happens to you, then it's oh oh too bad. In the meantime, this show is a wrap. Hey, we've had a great time this morning. I always enjoy and feel comfortable when we had a crosstalk panel in. Uh, Namoya will be back next week and there will be some more exciting guests because she's exciting but that's all for this edition of the KTOY Sunday Show on this first day uh, of August which is the first Sunday in August Uh, we still need you to wash your hands keep social distance wear your mask in public and don't drink sanitizer as has been Suggested. Now, on behalf of Miss Lamoya Burks, Donald Nelson, and the great and wonderful people here at Texas Radio, thank you for being our listeners and being kind enough to listen to our show. Remember, you're listening to KTOY Radio 104.7 FM, the station that cares about the quality of your life. So, uh, again, uh, Thank you all for coming, uh, Crosstalk Panel. And my closing quote is, excuses are tools used by weak and the incompetent, usually when they don't have anything else to say. So excuses are also used to build monuments for nothingness. Those who excel in using excuses seldom excel in anything else but excuses. And that's been paraphrased by Donald Nelson because I added a line. Thank you. See you again next week. The Sunday Show on 104.7 has been brought to you by State Farm agent Derek McGarry, here to help life go right. The Sunday Show with LaMoya Burks. We'll be back next Sunday morning from 9 to 10. If you have any questions about the show or would like to be a guest, call LaMoya Burks, 903-244-3997.